0: hello and welcome to episode 92 of the atlanta man podcast i'm your host ryan rogers and on today's episode we got a lot to talk about the hawks suck complete ass falcons are doing some things the braves are might be doing some things that are interesting. We'll talk about that at the end, but, uh, yeah. How are you doing, man? How are you doing after this weird week we've had?
1: I'm, I'm pretty good. I mean, you know, Hawks have really been pissing me off, but Falcons are making some good moves and, you know, I've been, I've been just trying to keep my mind off the Hawks a little bit. Um, you know, with all this March madness going on, um, cause they're just so frustrating. Like, um, the, yeah, I mean, I could, I can't say enough about them. Um, but yeah, let's let's get right into it. We'll start off with the Hawks, I guess,
0: yeah. we'll we'll talk about the Hawks. We'll rip the Band-Aid off and just get it out of the way because they we talked about we talked about their game on Monday during the podcast as was going on pretty much last week. So we don't have to talk about that anymore. But they did play two games since we've talked last against the Warriors and the Spurs. And I think I said it last week that it. Like I said, they would lose to the Warriors then beat the uh, Spurs and Pistons, but then I changed my mind. I said, no, they're going to beat the Warriors and lose to the Spurs and Pistons, and now they're on track to do that because they beat the Warriors at home on Friday, then they go on the road and blow a 20-point-plus lead to the Spurs in a game where they were favored by double digits. They only scored 35 points in the second half of that game. It was just a full-blown disaster, and it might be the worst loss of the entire season, so... Yeah, what do you think? Because they kind of – they had a good win on Friday against the Warriors, even though the Warriors – that was their 10th straight road loss in a row. So they're not the great – they're not a great road team. They're kind of having a rough season on their own, really, kind of like the Hawks are. But, yeah, what are your thoughts? Because they're just like – I mean, it's just not surprising that they did this, but just like when is it ever going to end?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have no words for this. Like, I think ESPN posted a stat today – Um the last 27 games, the Hawks have been within one game of 500. So, I mean, it's like they win one, they lose one, they win two, they lose two, they win two in a row. They lose two. I mean, it's back and forth. It's, it's been like this all season long. You're just waiting for this team to finally break out. You would think, um, a new coach, this and that, you know, a lot of changes, but this team has been so consistently mid. Um, it's, it's, Really, it's just unbelievable, like at this point. I mean, we'll talk about the Warriors game. Like, they played awesome. Trey Young was phenomenal. He's been phenomenal over the last six games. Or I should say the last five games, not including this the Spurs game. Um, but he's been he's been fantastic, shooting fifty percent from three, averaging thirty two points. Like his defense has been amazing. Like steals, like he looks like a, a brand new player, like and and like you thought, you know, maybe get some momentum after this after beating the warriors and then you you go into this Spurs game and you come out on fire. 40 points in the first, 43 in the in, in the second quarter. So you got 83 at half. Like you're on pace for 186. Like or what uh, yeah, no. My math is so wrong. 1 1 160. You're on, you're on pace one, for like 166. 166. Yeah. And you then you come out and throw an absolute dud against the worst team, worst defense in the league. And you score 35 points, blow a 20-something point lead. Like, just absolutely pathetic. Worst loss of the season, like you said. Like, just so, just so frustrating, man. I, I can't even – I'm going to lost words.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. And, I mean, just to, I guess, be a little positive in the Warriors game, they did play very well. Probably had their best three point game, sh- three point shooting game of the season as they took forty one threes and they made sixteen of them. That's thirty nine percent. You'll take that every time. Like I, I, think that might be. I don't know off the top of my head if that's the most they've taken all year, but I think it is. Like they're usually just always like right under thirty, so taking forty one was um a really nice sign and making sixteen of them is even better. But um, yeah, that's where the positivity ends for me, man. Because that war or the that Spurs game, it's just awful. I mean. Like you said, the offense was so good in the first half, and then probably the best half of offense in the first half of the season and the worst half of offense in the second half. I mean, 35 points in the second half, that is just, like, incomprehensibly bad, especially against the Spurs defense, who is, like, bottom three in the league. It doesn't get any worse than that, really. I mean, the Spurs haven't won 20 games yet this year. It's... It's really terrible. I think the Spurs, a couple weeks ago, they were at 16 losses in a row. Like, they are a terrible team. Trey was not very good in this game, Um, only nine points. That's probably one of his lowest numbers this season. Uh, Murray kind of had a bounce-back-ish game against his old team. Didn't make a three, but had 22 points, eight assists. But, I mean, I guess the only guy that can be fully positive about lately is Okonwu. He has just been really good making pretty much every shot he takes getting a ton of blocks and rebounds. He's been really good, but yeah, like I just, I don't have any faith in this team. They're dead to me. Like they're at the point now where how many games they have left? They have 11 games left. The only way I'm going to get excited for this team is if they finish nine and two or something, which why would they do that? Why would you expect that? But that's like the only way, that I even think, like, I, I don't even have hope for the play-in anymore. Like, I think we're just going to get smoked in the play-in, like, because a team that can only score 35 points and a half against the Spurs, like, isn't beating anybody, in my opinion. So anybody that's, like, at least solid, you know, especially in a one-game sample, anything can happen. And I could just really see the Hawks just laying an egg in that situation. But, yeah, I don't know if you have any more thoughts, but I, it's just – it's terrible. This has been one of the, like one of the most painful watches of a sports team I've had in a long time
1: yeah i mean you sit here and you think think back to the braves uh, when they went on their world series run like they're 500 through through uh i think july and then they just got on a heater like but this team has has yet to get on a heater and um you know i just i just don't have any hope you know you're just you're just really praying that they get seven or eight seed at this point and just have two chances to get in um you know uh you know looking at the standings right now we're we're what are we three games three games behind the heat for the seven seed um and, and we're up half a game on Toronto so you know I'm just really hoping we can tread water and and keep that that eight eight seed right now um yeah man it's 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 looking rough and and even if you do get in you got Philadelphia Milwaukee like uh, like or Boston like like I just don't see anything happening <laughs> I mean this is this is as low as you as uh, low as we've been all year and like I don't know man <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're just gonna they're just gonna have to do something
0: it's bad and I'm and last night if the Raptors I think they're playing the bucks because they're the beating the bucks the Hawks would have been a ninth last night so I mean they're right there to where they're just in a do or die game off rip in the play. And so, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Like it's they're they're, they're, they're bad. They're bad. Anyway, we can, we can move on now because I, I I don't have anything else to say. I feel like, I feel like you feel the same. So we can talk about the Falcons now who kept on making some moves. We talked about a lot last week, the Jesse Bates move, all that good stuff. Caleb Lindstrom. Um, they actually signed a quarterback this week. We can start there with Taylor Heineke. Um, what did he get a one-year deal? I believe it was a one-year deal and I'm fine with him as a backup. I think he's a very high-end backup. He was pretty exciting, actually pretty exciting guy to watch on the commanders these past few years. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a perfectly good backup for Ritter and, um, a guy that if Ritter is just complete, completely doesn't have it at the start of the year or something, you can go to him pretty easy because he's got a good amount of experience under his belt. So what do you think about this move?
1: Um, you know, it actually, it's a two year 14 million with 4 million signing bonus. So yeah, well, two I years. wasn't
0: sure off the top of my head.
1: Yeah. Um, at first, you know, it's like, what the hell are we doing? Um, but the more I think about it, the more I kind of like it, uh, Heineke from Atlanta, um, you know, played, played high school football in Georgia. So hometown guy. it's, it's always good to see come back. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be perfect, honestly. Um, you know, super mobile was in a, you know, pretty bad system, I'd say, but, but kind of managed with, with the commanders a little bit. Um, you know, he, he, he's going to teach Ritter a lot. Um, I, I think, I think he's going to be a great mentor for him, um, having that experience. Um, and, and he's, he's a guy that might be competing for the the starting role, to be honest. Like if, if Ritter doesn't really pan out to be anything, I mean, you kind of got him on a cheap deal. Like you're not giving him a ton of money and and I think he's gonna play a, a fine role. Um, you know, you can almost you can almost say he might come in like as a uh, like Taysom Hill option. Um on, on some scenarios where, you know, you have that dual that dual threat. So I mean, honestly, I like the signing. Um, I, I think it's pretty cool. I like Taylor Heineke. Um yeah, I mean, I have no complaints here. I I think that this is a good move for the Falcons because they don't they don't they didn't have a backup before. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I agree. And that was a that was a pretty gross Taysom Hill name drop by you. I didn't really appreciate that, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm with you. I I think and his um talking to the media after he got signed, he was pretty like transparent about him coming to be the backup for Ritter. Like he knows what he's getting into. He's not like I don't think he's like a Mariota situation where if he's not the starter, he's gonna just quit. Um, speaking of Marriott, he's not with the Eagles, so he's going to be Jalen Hurts back up. So that's good for him, I guess. But uh, anyway, yeah, I like I like the deal. I think um, he's, a, he's a guy that I think him and Ritter actually have some similar traits in the way they play. Like he's he's got a little bit of mobility to him. I think they're a similar build, you know. So I do think he's like a, a, a guy that can um, teach Ritter a thing or two. He's actually played in the playoffs. Back in 2020, he led the – they were the football team then to the playoffs against the Buccaneers, and they almost beat the Bucs. Yeah. So they, um, I mean, that, that team had a really good defense. And he was a guy that could have flashes and play some really good games, but he was also a guy that could make some big mistakes that would hurt you. He was a guy that's really, he really tries to make big plays a lot, which can be exciting, but it can also be frustrating when things don't go his way. But um, yeah, I li- I like the deal. Solid backup. I'll say he's probably top tier backup in the league which you know how important really is that you, you can never really tell but if ritter isn't good or if he gets hurt he's a guy that can step in and you still have a fighting chance you know it's not like you just have some joe schmo off the practice squad coming in and your quarterback now like he's the guy that can do it he was a starter for a pretty long time so i like to move a lot next move here is that they end up bring back uh caleb mcgarry so they didn't hit him with the uh, franchise tag, but they do extend him to a three-year contract worth $34.5 million. So they keep uh, Lindstrom and McGarry in Atlanta, the two first-round picks from a few years back um, when they went double offensive lineman in the draft. Um, I like him, I like the move. Pretty, pretty solid money for him, but I do, I do think it's pretty good value for the Falcons, too. Um, he's the guy that's kind of had an up and down career in Atlanta um, on the line, but I think he's kind of come into his own in the past couple of years and has definitely shown to be a solid option, um, especially with the run blocking last year. He was very good at that, along with Lindstrom, the whole offensive line was really. So what do you think about bringing back McGarry? Because, um, you know, not, I kind of like a broken record, but I've just liked everything the Falcons have done so far. So what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm. I like the deal. Um, it's solid money. Um, but McGarry has, has gotten better. Last year was a big step. Um, you know, if he can keep improving with his pass blocking, um, I think, I think this is going to be a steal. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the deal. He's, you know, he's excellent run blocking. So, so work on that pass blocking just a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a good deal. Um, you know, he's still young and, you know, he he can grow into a, a a better mold. I think he's he's got some time. So um, yeah, I like the deal too. I'm I'm with you. I like I I think none of these signings are like league changing, but they're solid moves. And I, I mean, I think I think the GM has done an excellent job. You know, kind of reloading this team, but still holding on to some money. And and you know, I, I mean, I, I like the deal. So can't complain.
0: Yeah, with you 100, percent. and uh, some of the other moves they made, uh, right after we recorded, actually, they're signed Caden Ellis, linebacker from the Saints, so another Saints guy on the Falcons, um, which uh, you know, not surprising at this point. There's been a few of them now, but uh, another solid pickup, and then Mac Collins also, that happened yesterday, I believe, maybe Saturday, um. But, yeah, wide receiver from the Raiders last year kind of broke out a little bit about had a seven hundred yards six hundred and ninety to be exact on fifty seven catches, and he was kind of their wide receiver two behind Devontae Adams, and they get him on a really cheap deal one year two and a half mil. I like that a lot. Um, there are a couple guys that I was considering for the Falcons wide receiver two spot. Uh, I know Jacoby Myers ends up going to the Raiders, kind of taking Hollins' spot as wide receiver to you. I thought he was an option for the Falcons, but I'm fine with Hollins. I think I'll take Hollins on this deal, the one-year deal. Then I think Jacoby Myers got three years. I'd rather have Hollins on the one-year deal, because I think he showed a lot last year. Playing playing aside, Devontae I think opened up a lot for him, because he was probably going to double-team a lot more, and Really open up some more opportunities for him, and you know, with Pitts and Drake London, I think he's going to get a fair share of uh, opportunities too. With those guys getting a lot of attention, so what do you think about Hollins? Because I I like to pick up a good bid, especially for the money. I mean, that's pretty much dirt cheap for a guy that was really solid last year.
1: Yeah, excellent value. I think. I mean, you're only paying him two and a half million. Um, he's kind of like on a on a on a prove it year, so he can get paid next year. So I think he's really going to be competing. Um, you know, he's immediately going to slide into the wide receiver two position, like. There's not much competition there, um, you know. But he was solid last year: fifty-seven catches, almost seven hundred yards with four touchdowns, and you know, on a very competitive uh, team, like you got Hunter Renfro and Devonte Adams on that team. So you know, you know, he was kind of competing there for for a little bit. I know Renfro was hurt a lot a lot of the year, but 700, 700 yards and, and four tutties. You can't really complain there, especially for the value at, at 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 two and a half million. So just another, you know, big target for for Ritter. Um, you know, him him in London are gonna be one and two. And so, you know, we'll we'll see how that combination works out. But he's got some he's got some big targets now. So a lot of size. Um and and I like the direction we're going there. Yeah,
0: no doubt. And he's probably he's not gonna get as many targets as he did probably last year. I think he finished with ninety four targets, which is a, a lot for Matt Collins, you know, especially like the guy he was coming into the season last year, but with London and Pitts, and even Johnny Smith now, who's going to get some run to, Like they have got a lot of options and I mean, it's just more depth, like more depth. And that's kind of what they're, 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 um, motto this offseason seems to be a lot of quantity. And I won't say quantity over quality. Cause these guys are quality, but they're not making like the heat. I know Jesse Bates was a pretty big splash, but they're not doing the, you know, mega contract for one guy. They're really just plugging holes, that they need to be plugged and in. instead of just doing one big bandit over it, they're kind of just, you know, putting things together piece by piece instead of just thinking one guy can change your entire season, entire outlook, which I mean, maybe it could if like Lamar was going to happen, but that's just not going to happen. I don't, I don't even know when, what's going to happen with that, but there, I like the approach though of just kind of doing it piece by piece and not um just overdoing it with one big contract. So yeah, it's, um it's been really solid so far. I've liked all the moves they've made. They've really been super busy, and it's really fun just, you know, going on Twitter and seeing some breaking news. Like, when that's all we got Matt Collins, it was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I like Matt Collins, you know. So it's, you know, just fun right now for the Falcons. And, now a lot of this is on the shoulders of Desmond Ritter. Um, We'll see how that goes. Um, But they're getting him some weapons, man. Um, And he's going to have a lot of guys to throw to. So, yeah, you got any any more thoughts on um, any other stuff they've done recently?
1: yeah, I just want to talk about the overall outlook like like you said, um they're filling holes and they're they're getting a bunch of solid players for good value. They're not overpaying anybody. Um, I, I don't think I think you've got good value on all these contracts, and the system that they had last year worked. like our defense was extremely like better like made a bunch of improvements. So they have a good system. Um, they're just kind of upgrading some, some spots and filling some gaps. So, you know, I really like, I really like what they're doing. Um, the, the final piece left to this team is to nail the draft. Like you, you, this is it's a super, super important year. You have a bunch of draft capital, dra- a lot of draft picks. So, um, you know, if, if they keep this mentality and this approach, I think they'll do well um, sitting there at number eight, um, you know, we could talk about what who they're going to go for, what what they still need. Um, I but I think essentially they need an edge rusher, somebody get to the QB, and like maybe another cornerback. Um, and then and then finally, I think they need another receiver. You know, if if somebody's there at eight, you know, s- somebody big. I mean, you know, they could take a receiver round one, and I wouldn't be upset. Like, um, there's there's just a couple positions I think they need depth at, and you know everything else is pretty much filled up and I think they've done a good job. So, so just, just nail the draft here. And uh, you know, I think, I think we'll be competing for the, for the division next year.
0: Yeah. The draft is going to be important. Um, know, there's like for all those positions you've named, there's a bunch of guys in the eight range for the Falcons to pick like uh, miles Murphy from Clemson's a good edge rushing prospect. Kyrie Wilson for Texas tech might be the best edge rushing prospect um Maybe I said like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, but those guys are more of interior pass rushers. But um yeah, I think I, there's a lot of options. Chris Gonzalez is a good cornerback, and then like you said with the wide receivers, if they love like Jackson Smith and Jigba, and they just really want him, it, it'd be kind of funky because it'd been the it would be the third year in a row where they take a pass catcher in the first round, top ten. Mm-hmm. um But I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Like that would just him, pits and London, like those three young guys as your receiving core, like, I'm not complaining. And then Holland's on top of it, you know, so there, there's a lot of options they can go with. I've seen some people speculate they could even trade down, which I wouldn't hate to get some more um, draft capital. I think that'd be fine if they went to, like, uh, 15 or 16 if a team wanted to make a splash or something. But, um, yeah, we can talk more about the draft as it approaches. We're about probably like a month away now from the draft, so once we get close, he can probably – start to dig a little deeper in there see who we really think they're going to get um, as things get clear. Cause there's a lot of uncertainty with this draft with, you know, the Panthers just trading for the number one pick and they might trade down again. Like it's, there's a lot yeah. of, a lot of stuff that could still happen with trades and, you know, like even guys just like losing draft stock and gaining draft stock. So yeah, it's hard to tell right now who they're going to take probably a bit early to like really have a feel for a guy. Cause I know like they drafted pits it was like a week or two before everybody knew they were drafting Pitts pretty much. We don't have that yet at all. We don't know who they're going to draft. It could go in so many different directions. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, more more just good stuff from the Falcons. Um, hopefully it can pan out when football starts. But so far, some of the biggest winners of the offseason is the Falcons. So that's good, as always. And that's kind of what we expected with, uh, with all the cap space and, you know, just kind of a new regime in there altogether. So we can move on now. And we can wrap things up a little Braves talk. And I don't know if you know this, Evan, but we are less than two weeks away from opening day. And I realized that last night and that like kind of snuck up on me. I was, I was like, Oh wow. Like it's not this Thursday, but next Thursday is opening day. That's pretty crazy. It's like, it's just been so far for so long. I still feel like it's two months away, but it's not. But um, yeah. How about you? Has this snuck up on you at all? Cause it kind of did with me.
1: Yeah. I think I realized it last week, like, just I was just looking at the scores. Like I got a notification for uh, you know, one of their spring training games. And I'm just like, wait, I'm curious. I know it's the first week of April. So, like, dude, I, I'm so excited. So excited for baseball. And and just the the whole WBC has me so hyped up and amped um for the season to get underway. Like, um, yeah, like I'm just so excited. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I am, too. And uh, speaking of the WBC, all the all the Braves that are in it are now out of it. Um, Puerto Rico lost, Venezuela lost. So Eddie and Ronnie are back with the team in spring training. Um, So that's good. I mean, they both played pretty well. I think Eddie, I think Eddie actually played better than Ronald. Honestly, Eddie was hitting the ball very well. I think he had a couple of homers. Ronald had a pretty crazy double um in their game against the United States where he kind of just golfed one out of the dirt which was just like I don't know how he even hit that ball that hard so that's a good sign for him of him being right and he's actually been playing center field for Venezuela which that's a really good sign I think that they're he's feeling good enough to play center field he's gonna be playing center field for the Braves obviously but the fact that is feeling that good is scary for other teams but it's really good for us but um anyway we can talk about this has been really the headline for the past few days at a Braves camp is that up until today Von Grissom hadn't played a game at shortstop in five straight games, and they were all the starts are going to Braden shoemaker who he has been around for a long time now. He's 25 years old. I think he got drafted back in 2019. Um, been in Gwinnett for a few years now, and uh, not much of a hitter, but he is really good with the glove, and, is, and he's having a good spring at the plate, too. So is Vaughn, though, um, but... Shoemaker has been turning a lot of heads, and I know Mark Bowman. I read an article from him yesterday, and he's very plugged in with the team. He's down there spring training, he's been on the beat with the Braves for years now. He um, updated his opening day projected roster, and he had Braden Shoemaker as the starting shortstop for the Braves and Vaughn Grissom down to triple A. So, what do you think about that? I understand it from the point of view of defense that he is probably better than Vaughn defensively, but I just don't think the bats are even close, but um, he is a lefty, which is noteworthy. But what do you think about this? Cause it is, it is kind of new and nothing really anybody expected. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think yet.
1: Yeah. Really interesting stuff going on here with the Braves at short, like, um, you know, they both, both swinging it well. I think, I think Grissom's batting 371. Uh, she makes batting 323. So like both of them are hitting well. Um, you know, if the Braves just see like the defense isn't there for Grissom, you know, maybe they give him some more time to, to develop a little bit. Um, but, but for Shoemaker, it's kind of, it kind of seems like they're pushing the button a little bit with him. He's 25. Um, you know, if, if, if he's not going to be on this roster, I mean, could, could this just be like them hyping him up so they can trade him? Are they going to trade one of them? I don't know. That's, that's kind of like a take I've seen as well. Um, but yeah, it's just super interesting because, you know, Grissom has been working really hard uh, working with Ron Washington uh, on, on the defense. And so, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen at this point because, you know, a lot of hype's been around Braden. You know, he hasn't really panned out, you know, in, in the minors to be anything crazy. But I mean, he's performing well right now. Like, do you just give him the chance and see like if, you know, you know, I, I, I don't know what happens here. Um I I still do think Grissom will be the starter. You know, I have I have a little bit more optimism that that he is going to be the starter, but it's up in the air now. I mean, like you said, the last five games he hasn't been playing, so that's it's very interesting. Like definitely definitely something to keep your eye on.
0: Yeah, and he did end up playing today, and uh, he went three for four today. So that's um that's good for him. I mean, <laughs> I think he is. Pretty like he is head head and shoulders better than Shoemaker with the bat, and Shoemaker did he is coming off of an injury. He did he hurt his knee somehow late in the Triple A season last year. He collided the Justin Dean I think a left fielder on a pop fly, and he 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 messed up his knee pretty good, um and that that was a big. I think the Braves would have called up Shoemaker last year if when Arcia got hurt against the Red Sox, if he wouldn't have hurt his knee. That's why they went to Grissom because Shoemaker was on the shelf. And that, that, is, um, that would end up working out pretty good because Grissom was solid. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how the Braves really feel about Vaughn's defense. I will say that him and Riley as your left side defense is not the greatest in the world. And, I mean, either way, the Braves' defense is going to, like, you know, we we really haven't really warned over Dansby too much. But the defense is going to be – pretty significantly worse without Dansby as your shortstop like it just is he's yeah he's that good like he might have been the best defender in baseball last year like in general like he was ridiculous last year and even Shoemake who is a good defensive prospect isn't at the level of Dansby at all so I don't know um, I personally would keep Vaughn I would start Vaughn and if his defense just isn't there I would you know, if you want, I, they probably don't want to have just Schumake sitting on the bench, but have Arcia come in as a late game defensive replacement for shortstop. Like, I know that's not what you really want to do, but if Vaughn like can't handle it, then and as and, he, and as long as he's hitting, obviously, you, I would be fine with doing that. But um, yeah, I think I think Vaughn's gonna be fine though. I do I I like the tinfoil hat you had on earlier about boosting Shoemake's trade stock. That could be that could definitely be a thing because I mean the Braves farm system it's not great right now they're like 29th in baseball i think according to most um prospect people like they, they don't have a lot of depth right now so Shoemaker, right now is their top position player prospect and he's 25 years old and that's not usually what you want and um he, he still has some upside for sure and if they did go with him i would i would be like all right let's see what he's got because he's still he's still a rookie making his debut and you never know maybe he's figured out something because he has been hitting very well in spring but um yeah, I don't know. That kind of caught me off guard earlier because I haven't been super locked into all the spring training games. So I really didn't even notice that Vaughn hadn't started in like four games. You know, there's been a lot of other sports. Out. I've been watching college basketball. I've never been watching Brave spring training games that much. But um, yeah, it is. It's interesting, you know, but uh, yeah, other stuff going on. Um, Kyle Wright pitched today. I don't, think, I don't think things went super well for him. It was his spring debut. Yeah, 2.2 2 innings, four earned runs in his first start of spring. It sounds like he's not going to be ready to join the rotation until like a few weeks into the season because he got a cortisone shot in his shoulder back in January. So he's going to be um, not out for a long time, but the Braves are going to probably have to make do without Kyle Wright for the first couple weeks of the season at least. Um, but sh- that's not really something i worry about at all. But um, yeah. I will say this about the Braves. This has been a very quiet spring training, and that is awesome. No one has gotten hurt. Knock on wood right now. Like, they have pitched a perfect game so far. I just made my dogs bark with that knock, my bad. Um, <laughs> But uh, they pitched a perfect game so far with injuries this spring training. Like, no one's gotten hurt. And, you know, with all the stuff that's going on with the Mets right now, and other Ooh. teams even the even the Yankees the Yankees had like five guys get hurt and spend a few days in spring training so like they, they knock on wood, like I said but no one's gotten hurt and it's been just perfect so far yep. so yeah know what, what do you think about that because that's that really just never happens for any team in spring training
1: yeah no we've been very fortunate like the Mets Edwin Diaz going out and then uh you know you know he's done like that just that, that's brutal that's a brutal loss for the Mets I know Frank the tank was just having a meltdown. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, that's just like um, but like people were complaining that like the WBC is like stupid and the players, the stars shouldn't play in it because of this risk of injury. I think that's BS. Like like that could happen in spring training. Like that was just a freak accident. I mean,
0: it does happen. It's only happened this spring training. Gavin Lux tore his ACL just running the bases. Like it's just freak stuff happens.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah, so I so I hate I hate the the argument about the WBC and stuff. Um, you know, maybe the timing of it isn't the best. Maybe it should happen after the season, or um, you know, I, I I don't think midseason would be the the correct opinion for it either. But 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 definitely, I I don't know. Like before the season starts, and when guys aren't in that that routine of playing every day, it, it might be kind of tough for them. But I mean, every, I mean everything's been running smoothly for the Braves and, and you know, you just got to be thankful for that. And um, yeah, I mean, that's all, that's all I can really say. I, I know I want to talk a little bit about Matt Olson. He has been on a tear uh, in 12 games. He's 14 for 32. He has two doubles, six home runs. He now leads everybody in home runs. Um, 1500 OPS. Like the dude is absolutely killing the ball. And and I know he's ready for the season to start tomorrow because I am too. Um, yeah, yeah look, look out for a big year for Matt Olson.
0: Yeah, he is, like, the guy I think everybody is projecting just to go off this year, and I completely agree. I mean, with no shift, another year in Atlanta, like, he still hit the ball really hard last year. So maybe he got a little bit unlucky too. Like, I think he's going to be incredible. Um, you know, like – yeah, like you said, fifteen hundred ops in, in spring training. Which, gotta say, it's spring training. You know, if Matt Olson does, I hope he doesn't. But if he starts off the season rough, no one's gonna be like, oh, but he was good in spring training. Like it is spring training, so um, take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, he has just been mashing. Like it's just like only home runs from him. Which yeah, he's just he's very good. Matt Olson, really good at baseball. You know, some people didn't think that last year, but he is. He is. I think he has. He has a chance to lead all of. All the baseball and homers this year, like he could, he could hit fifty homers this year, easy, you know. And uh, I expect, I expect that MLB to juice the balls up a little bit this year after last year, with the offense just kind of plummeted. So I really think he could just go crazy, and I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Sorry about that. My dog's going nuts right now, but you can take the floor, so they won't be uh in the podcast. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, not much, much more to say. Um, you know, for the Braves, like, um. You know that now they're projected the most wins in the league, like bit high expectations. Um, you know that shortstop, that that competition kind of raises some eyebrows. You don't you don't really know what's going on until you know we, we see the cuts. Um, you know they they keep trimming the roster a little bit there, a little bit there, and and you know they're slowly slowly cutting it down to size. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm excited, man. Like, it's it's almost here. You'll it'll be here before you know it. And yeah, I mean like. I, I, that's really all I've got. I mean, if you're not hyped about the Braves, I mean, you better be, you better be. Cause um, you know, I think that's that me and Ryan, that's, that's our specialty is the Braves. And um, you know, it's going to be exciting times. Like I, I'm ready to talk some about some, some baseball.
0: Yeah. And I didn't mention this, but like the fifth starter, like they've already sent, they already sent Kyle or not Kyle, Kyle Elder, Bryce Elder and um, Ian Anderson down to AAA camp They're sticking with Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster. So it looks like a rookie is going to be the five starter. And they have just both. They, I saw that they are both of qualified pitchers in spring training. They have the two lowest ERAs in all of baseball. Two rookie pitchers for the Braves. that are about to be the five starter. It's spring training. So I always want to say that to preface, but they've looked awesome. And yeah, it's just really exciting times when when the season comes around. I mean, yeah, it's going to be awesome. This team's going to be great. They're super healthy. Hope it stays that way, and um, yeah, just so much. This is going to be so fun, dude. This is probably I, I'm more excited than I was last year, even after they won the World Series, and I was really excited last year. You know, it's just I think this has the chance to be the best team that they've had since um they've started winning divisions every year. So, yeah, one last thing um that we should probably say before we sign off. We were so mad at the Hawks. We did not even say a word about Bogey getting extended, <laughs> but yeah, Bogey got extended, four years, sixty-eight million. I wouldn't have done it. Let's just keep it short and quick. I wouldn't have done this. I don't really care about the money. The money's fine. I think for Bogey, but just um, when you have AJ Griffin, I don't think you needed Bogey, and this makes looking looks like trading Kevin Herder looks worse and worse by the day. So you can go stupid. ahead and get, give
1: your thoughts on that real quick. So stupid. I mean. Why would you get hurt if you're going to sign him to this deal? Why would you do that? Uh, he's younger. He's better. better arguably better. Um, he is better. He's this injured. year, especially, has been better. Yeah. I mean, bogey's hurt every other week. And, like, he can't play more than 25 minutes a night. Like, on back-to-back nights, you're giving him rest. Like, it's just, it's just not smart for an aging guy that is not even getting that many minutes. Like, I just don't understand it. I don't know what direction the Hawks are going in, man. They're just giving money to anybody. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I this disgraceful organization, man. Um, you know, unless they could just pull together, like I just don't even care.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll end it right there with that. But um, had to at least mention that they did extend Bogey, which was pretty big news when it happened this week. Kind of just happened out of nowhere, but um, yeah, it's a uh, it was a weird move, and the Hawks are just they're the worst. they're the worst i mean like i would rather my team just be terrible and just not it's just the fact that they're bad with expectations that's the worst combination bad with no expectations is fine good with expectations is good like but they're in the mid middle and they're mid and they're terrible and i hate them and yeah (laughs)
1: yeah they play the pistons such a dark a dark podcast about the Hawks, man. I mean, and what else well, so can you
0: say? They keep getting worse and worse. They play the Pistons tomorrow, and they're probably going to lose to the Pistons. Like, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> they have a 92.1% chance to win, according to ESPN, and they're going to lose. They're going to lose tomorrow. Like, unbelievable no doubt about unbelievable. it. Anyway, and Jalen Johnson's hurt, too. We didn't say that. Jalen Johnson, he's re- reevaluated in a week, so he's got, um, I think, like hamstring or something. It, all, all hope is gone like what are the bright spots gone too like they're just they're terrible it's just misery anyway i think we, we covered it all we don't need to ramble anymore about them but um yeah if you made it this far listening really really appreciate it got a lot more coming soon with the braves draft all that so make sure to stay tuned with us just hold and, tight <laughs> uh, yeah we'll see you in the next one better days are ahead i promise